energy report, your weekly astrological guidance uh, on the New Story Podcast with me, your host, Rebecca Conran. Hello, all. This is the energy report for... I've forgotten. What's the date? August 12th through the 18th. I had a little hiatus last week. Um, I first want to say thank you to everybody that sent me an email, a message, posted a comment on Instagram uh, of support. Thank you so much. I did receive them all. Uh, even if you didn't get a response, I received all that love and I appreciated it. And I thank you so much for taking time to connect with me. Um, and uh, if you didn't get a response, don't take it personally. I've just been really in my own zone, needing to just harness all my energy and, uh, and support for myself. Um, but I, I truly have appreciated all of the kindness and, and the support that has been um, sent my way. So thank you. Um, it's been an interesting time. I'll just quick, quickly recap. Uh, some of the the cliff notes of what I've learned. Um, So even though my dog had a really long life, she was 15 and a half years old. I had her since she was four months old. Um, Her whole life, I only ever had her on a, uh, a raw food diet. So raw dog animal, animal dog diet, right? So not just like vegetables, she ate meats and, you know, like she had a very, uh, healthy diet for a dog and, um, she's always eaten all organic and she's always gone everywhere with me. And, um, I mean, I had her since I was 21 years old. So obviously we, she, this is like a pup who traveled all over America. (laughs) You met lots of people. She had a really blessed life. She had a healthy, happy, and uh, and abundant life for 15 years. And I knew that she was going to pass away. And uh, I had time to to connect with her and, and say my goodbyes. All these things are such blessings that I was given through this experience. Um. When you put your dog down, which is what I did, because she was in a lot of pain and um, there was no reason to try to prolong her life when the quality of her life was um, uh, not almost non-existent anymore. Because for me, her being in such pain and so out of it, um, it was not a good quality of life for her. So I felt the humane thing to do was to help her to end her life. And I really do feel like she gave me permission to do so. And um, I, uh, it's not something I took lightly. I thought about it for a very long time. And um, eventually it just it became um, what had to happen because of... Uh, because of the experience that she was having and the pain that she was in. So when you put your dog down or an animal down, I don't know how other people felt, feel about it, but for me, 
it felt very, very unnatural. And I felt like I was killing my dog. It was not some serene, peaceful activity. It was um, very stressful, stressful on her, stressful on me. Um, and I felt a lot of guilt around that, um, that I couldn't give her like just total peace in her final, in her final hours, final moments. Um, but you know, dogs, although they should be treated with the most respect and kindness, they don't suffer the same way that humans do because they don't have the same thought processes. So I had to let go of my attachment to the story that I wanted to create around her passing, you know, um, of sort of humanizing her in a way that wasn't appropriate for her and that actually was bullying myself, right? I was, like, looking for ways to kind of guilt myself into, um, like, where I could have done better, how I, maybe where I failed her, um, which is is one way that I could perceive it. But the other side of it is that um, I truly felt that it was in her best interest to, to do what I did. Um, I think the hardest part about the whole experience, aside from that, was an extreme feeling of guilt that I felt. And it was really interesting because, you know, the night before I put her down, I was sitting with her and just communicating with her in the way that we communicated with one another. And, um, you know, I just felt this pure, pure love from this dog. And... I felt very guilty because Faye had never, ever not loved me. She'd never been annoyed with me, never didn't want to see me. She, no matter how many mistakes I made over the 15 years, you know, she never held it against me. And again, a lot of this is because she's a pupper. She's not a human being. <laughs> but that she was such a force for unconditional love and the purity of her love I felt guilty. I felt guilty for my love in all aspects of my life having condition. You know, I wanted to be more like her. And um, since I felt those initial stages of guilt, you know, I've been able to transform that for myself to see where guilt for me is a way of beating myself up. And it's an old familiar energy that of course I'm gonna I'm gonna tap into because you know uh beating myself up, beating ourselves up is something that we also get off on, right? It it helps to connect us into an old story of wounding of ourselves and um a part of me will still look for opportunities to criticize myself and beat myself up and look for ways that I devalue myself. But it didn't last very long. It lasted for a few days. 
and then I was able to come to terms with um, a better perspective for myself on the whole situation and uh, on what loss and grief um, feel like and what they what they bring up in us and um, you know I feel really grateful to myself I feel really grateful for the time that I had with her and um, I am also um, I'm I'm happy that that chapter of my life has come to completion and that doesn't mean I don't miss her and uh, but it's it's time to move forward from that chapter and uh, for any of you that have an old pet you know that it is very difficult to have a very old pet whose health is failing Um, and especially in the last few months when she was having seizures um, it takes its toll you know through the night I would wake up and all the time and be like is she having a seizure and sometimes she was having a seizure so it, it's very, it was very stressful, you know, having uh, anything be in the end stages of its life. So there's also like a, a feeling of relief for me that like we can both move on to the next stages of our experience. And I just feel an immense gratitude um, and an immense heart opening, you know, um, I was a little bit afraid to go and do my retreat, which was only a few days after I put Faye down. But I knew because of my experience as a healer for the last, you know, eight years, that um, loss has this profound effect on your ability as a healer to open your heart and to have compassion for others. So I knew that it would only make me more authentic and more my experience with my retreat participants more uh, healing. And that's exactly what happened. It was, it was such a beautiful experience. There was 11, um, 11 participants, just such a wonderful number too. And, uh, and it was, it was very, very healing. And, um, and, you know, I think for any practitioners out there, you know, we go through stuff. We go through stuff regularly. The healer heals themselves. And um, I think that it is an extremely heart-opening uh, thing that can happen, grief and loss, as a practitioner, that can help you have a deeper level of compassion for who you're working with, as well as yourself. So anyway, I, I feel really, um, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really at peace. I feel really clear. Um, it's definitely beneficial that I am going through difficult things in my life while also taking very good care of myself, while also not drinking alcohol and, uh, and not smoking weed and the rest of it, not escaping, you know, not, um, just staying very, very present. I've been able to, because of that presence, let myself feel deeply and move on from, uh, from move through the flow of feelings, you know, instead of getting stuck in a feeling, things are just passing through me. And, and that's really how feelings need to be felt. 
um, in a sensory, complete way. So I am back. I am feeling really focused and really good and, uh, and looking forward to continuing to support uh, my listeners and my clients with um, all that I have learned and this heart expansion that I have uh, that I'm going through that I've been going through and that um, that I've processed over the last few weeks. So, my friends, let's get into the energy report. This is the energy report for August 12th to August 18th, uh, Monday to Sunday. The theme this week: I do my best. Spirit does the rest. I do my best. Spirit does the rest. So this is a call to action that we can do what it is in our means to do, and then we allow spirit to do the rest of it. So I'm currently house hunting, apartment hunting, whatever I might find. I have a vision of what I want in my mind, and uh, each day I have a little looky loo on the uh, on the old. Uh, Craigslist and Truly and Zillow shit, and uh, but I'm not stressing about it. I look and see, oh, is there anything there? But I know that spirit is going to guide me to the right place for me. So even though I do my part by just uh, being observant and uh, tapping into what I want and don't want, my order that I'm putting into the universe, I know that spirit is going to connect me in with the thing that is right for me. And I know that I'm supported through this entire process of moving. Um, The tarot this week, two cards popped out and both of them are related to wishes. We've got the nine of cups with support from the star. So the nine of cups can be a card of reaping rewards, but there's, there's more to it than that. It can be about getting what you think you want getting what you think you want. So it might be about self-indulgence and self-satisfaction, but this might be hollow abundance that only satisfies your most base desires rather than a lasting fulfillment. Both the Nine of Cups and the Star are known as wish cards, but the first card represents getting what you want at all costs, and the second card represents... Um, letting the universe deliver to you what you want in divine timing and right action. Okay, so this is about being careful what we wish for because we might just get it. What are the costs going to be of getting what we want? Have we accepted the responsibilities and possible other sacrifices that come with what we're asking for? This is really about having faith in our future without trying to control outcomes. You know, with the Nine of Cups, we're really willing our way through our wishes, trying to control everything. And in some ways, it comes from a fear of lack, a fear of abundance. So it's getting what we want, but it doesn't last. The Star card, on the other hand, is getting what we want because We are allowing for spirit to bring us what we want in the right timing, in the right conditions, and we're willing to wait. We're willing to keep our optimism and faith alive. We're willing to sit in uncertainty. Uh, We're willing to not try to control the outcome because we want the highest and best result for ourselves. 
The ritual this week is being in harmony with your riches. I know that this, uh, this, uh, podcast is, we're dealing a lot with death today. Uh, and I, uh, might've included a little bit of that in the ritual. Um, so the ritual of being in harmony with your riches at the end stage of life, you are not going to wish that you worked longer and made more money. You are not going to care about all the belongings that you're leaving behind. You probably won't care about accolades and approval from others. You will wish that you lived in the moment with a reverence for life and an appreciation for yourself. You will wish that you had loved more unconditionally. You will wish that you appreciated what you had. You will wish that you could just... um, Be grateful and show that gratitude for life. This week's ritual is about being in harmony with the riches that you already possess. This is not only healing for us, it helps us to call more abundance to us in all aspects. Being in harmony with our riches means tapping into what is going right for you. Where have you always been supported by spirit? Where are you supported by spirit today? In what ways are you rich? I'm rich in creativity. I'm rich in ideas. I'm rich in compassion. There are so many things that we can focus on that we are abundant in. This is about tapping into more than just relationship security, financial security, home security. This is about tapping into real security from the inside out. Where are you rich? So at the beginning of this week, you know, we're really going to be feeling the Uranus in in Taurus retrograde station, right? That's going to be pretty intense, but we're also going to be feeling that Jupiter in, in Sagittarius direct station. So Uranus is going retrograde and Jupiter is finally ending its retrograde and going direct. We're going to feel pulled in in different directions for sure. These are slow-moving planets. So for a few days before and after, we might feel a bit jet-lagged as as it, you know, picks back up steam in certain ways or as we sort of deal with the fallout. Uranus rules the unexpected. Jupiter connects us to our expansion. This equals unexpected expansion of the lucky kind because Jupiter also brings luck and gifts And Jupiter in Sagittarius is really expanding our philosophy of of life. It's expanding our connection to divine truth uh, and to the truth of what we need, our own personal truth as well. Uranus is shocking. It's electricity, rebellion, revolution. It's our uniqueness, our individuality, and our social awareness. Many of us have felt a discord within And this has been manifesting as a repulsion sometimes for our outer experience. We might want to leave a job so desperately, but we need to shift our perspective and overcome the inner challenges that are being brought up by our discomfort. Many times a job change, a geographical change, or a relationship change only bring us more of the same if we don't buckle down and truly ask, 
why we are in discomfort and what the situation is trying to teach us and help us go through. We must make changes internally before making changes in our outer experience. Now, if you're in an abusive situation, I'm not saying to stick it through. Of course, leaving an abusive situation as as soon as you can, but also knowing the responsibility that you have to yourself of why these situations may be arising in your life. Definitely not sticking, trying to stick through an abusive situation. Leave for sure. Follow the impulse intuitively to do what's right for you, but also connecting into what changes you need to make internally to make sure that that kind of abuse never uh, is called to you again. Um, And of course, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. I don't believe that when you're walking down the street and you're attacked by somebody, that that's something that you called upon you. Um, But sometimes in a job situation, a relationship situation, we overlook red flags and we go with what maybe feels good instead of listening to the parts that we needed to listen to that were showing us, hey, this might not be the best situation for us. So, you know, um, the point being, don't think that changing a job, changing a relationship, changing where you live is going to actually bring change. Change will come from inside of you. Um, And sure, you know, it's not to say don't move, don't change relationships, don't change a job. It's just to say that none of these things are to blame if we are unhappy. Unhappiness is an inside job. Taurus represents our values, partnerships, resources, humanitarianism. We're digging into what we have, what we want, how we get it. And especially here in America, we're considering this in terms of the collective. If you or I deserve health care, a living wage, clean food and water, education, and more, this should be the status quo for all beings. What do we believe in? What have we agreed to that actually holds us outside of this unconditional worth and value for all beings? Uranus and Taurus is helping us to break apart those foundations. Uh, that are not secure, that don't encompass support for all beings. The shadow side of this Uranus transit is going to be erratic behavior, nervousness, egomania, extremism. This energy is helping us, though. If we have an urge to free ourselves from something, uh, limited beliefs, old paradigms, you know, this is helping us to surrender and shake things up. We might have surrendered and released in certain areas and we're finding that we must do so in others now. You know, it's okay. So much judgment we put on ourselves. Oh, I should be here by now. I should be past this. Well, you're not. Stop judging yourself. It's totally fine where you're at. Healing is a lifelong experience because the human experience, it is always challenging. It'll never not be challenging and uncertain and unknown. So of course we're going to have periods of discomfort and difficulty. Don't judge yourself for this. It's not about you failing or succeeding. It's not a punishment. Uh, Good things happening to us, abundance, it's not a reward. You know, it's just energy. 
It's how we use energy, how we, how we utilize energy, and how we process our own energy. And we're just learning. We are just constantly learning. So be gentle with yourself. Take extra care of your nervous system with these shifts. Um, I find oat straw tea and milky oats tincture are wonderful supporters. Okay, Thursday, 8.15. There's a full moon in Aquarius. Aquarius has all the same themes as Uranus because Uranus rules Aquarius. Full moons bring emotional stories full circle, and they take place when the sun and the moon are opposite in the zodiac. So this is a time for reflection and release. This is a time uh, where um, we are you know, noticing our need for approval and validation from others and you know, conversely, our urge to go our own way. Aquarius encourages us to be a little rebellious and eschew the norm. This energy is going to be asking us, you know, where are we too fixed in our thinking? Where have we trapped ourselves from choosing freely? Where are we trying to control outcomes? You know, there's the possibility during this time of some absolutely ingenious ideas coming to the forefront. New energies are definitely being birthed but only if we're willing uh, to let go of willing our way through life, of using our willpower to, to achieve instead of allowing for flow, for the intuitive and divine to pass through us. Two days later on Saturday the 18th, Mars is going to go into Virgo. So Virgo is coming up for us big time in the next couple weeks. Mars is how we act in the world. This is a great time to consider and put into action how our diet, hygiene, and healing supports our nurturing ourselves, as well as how our service and duties to others uh, support us in nurturing ourselves. Virgo energy is wonderful for setting priorities, getting organized. Earthy Virgo excels at handling details and communicating clearly. This is the energy of healers and healing of our work environments and coworkers, our routines, habits, writing, accounting. And this energy brings a solid dedication to service. It's reliability, it's high standards, and it's got a critical eye that helps us to keep moving forward. However, the shadow aspects, low self-esteem, overanalyzing, Overdependency on things being controlled, unhealthy skepticism, insisting on everything being practical, rational, intellectual, scientific, criticizing, nitpicking, perfectionist, narrow minded, overcomplicating life, and an ability to move forward by, because of dwelling too much on the past. So, these are some of the shadow aspects that we might see coming up in ourselves and in others. So how do we combat that? Well, we focus on the positive energies that we can cultivate from this. An eye for detail in the realm of healing and an ability to anchor into rituals and routines. Virgos are natural counselors, so you might tap into this in the realm of being a better counselor to yourself or activating your service toward others. This also encourages healthy independence, being practical, being reliable, and being helpful. So coming up over the next week, we've got a lot of Virgo energy coming in as most of our personal planets are going to enter into this energy. When the energy is in Virgo, it's great to focus on the details, 
but let's apply that to becoming really present to our lives. Look for the small, sometimes overlooked daily things that bring you happiness and contentment and bring routine to them. Virgo is a great energy for bringing more discipline to our active lives, but it needs to utilize the mantra of imperfectly perfect and learn that a little bit of encouragement and positive reinforcement goes a lot further than criticism. We're all great at criticizing ourselves. What we really need is encouragement, love, kindness, gentleness, and a shit ton of compassion. A big thank you to our most recent podcast and newsletter donors, Kim, Meredith, and Rebecca, and our newest Patreon supporter, also named Rebecca. Thank you so much to you for your support in the last couple weeks. Again, thank you if you sent a message about my sweet little Faye. I have appreciated all of the support. I have added some dates. Uh, I canceled my September retreat because of the dates were coinciding with uh, another project I'm doing and moving. So I have um, now uh, added a couple of dates for Patterson, New York, October 11th through the 13th. I'm super excited about holding a retreat on 10-11. I find those numbers to be really powerful. It's Columbus Day weekend, so if you want to make it uh, um, it, uh, like a long weekend, it might be an ideal time for you. If you have a little time off work, come and retreat with us. Come and do yoga. Come and hang out. Come and eat clean uh, and, uh, participate in some really healing activities, including a sound bath and come and spend more time with me. If that's what you've been uh, wanting to do to work directly with me one-on-one. Okay. Loves. Well, I, uh, appreciate you all and sending you all so much love. This has been the energy report and, uh, I look forward to connecting with you next week. Bye.